ويل مارل On behalf of all of us at the parish, on behalf of Father Fawaz, Father John, and myself, I wish you and your families a very Merry Christmas. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. On December 7th, 1914, Pope Benedict XV called on a ceasefire. He called on a ceasefire to a world war that had no end in sight. He urged world leaders to at least stop fighting for Christmas. All the world leaders said, we will not do so. There is no way we're going to have a ceasefire. A ceasefire occurred nonetheless. The soldiers did not fight on that day. There were letters written by the soldiers to their families that recalled what happened, what took place on Christmas Day 1914. One of the letters spoke about being on the front lines and sharing that at some point, the German side started singing Silent Night. And at the end of it, they all clapped and said Merry Christmas. Once they were done, the British side started singing Silent Night. And once they were done, one of the English soldiers uh, yelled out in English, Merry Christmas, to which one of the uh, English soldiers shouted back in German, saying, Merry Christmas. Then a few moments after that, a couple of German soldiers got out of their trenches and started walking towards the English side. At first, they thought it was going to be a surprise attack. But once they realized that they had nothing on them, they had no weapons on them, some of the English soldiers got up to greet them. They wished each other Merry Christmas. They exchanged gifts of cigarettes and pudding, and they sang Christmas carols together. There's even a story of them playing a soccer game together. And then when Christmas ended and the war is supposed to continue, some of them wanted to stop fighting. They did not want to fight, but they were forced to do so. In the middle of the deadliest war that the world had ever seen up until that point, in the midst of the chaos of that war, of all the death, of all the bloodshed, everything stood still to celebrate a baby born 1,900 years prior. Who cares? Who cares about a baby born in Bethlehem when you're in the middle of the worst suffering, when your friends are dying, when your family's back home, you don't know their future? Who cares? What's so special about the birth of a baby in Bethlehem? The first thing we must acknowledge is that Jesus wasn't so much born as he was sent. Jesus is eternal. He was not created. He's been there from the beginning of time. He has always existed. He chose to humble himself and be, take on our human nature because we rejected the gift that the Father gave us in the Garden of Eden. And all the Gospels affirm this, right? The Gospel of my, Matthew asserts that Mary was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of Mark affirms Jesus' claim of sonship of God. The Gospel of Luke describes an angel's annunciation of the birth of Christ, of the birth of the Savior. And the Gospel of John affirms this when he calls Jesus and it says he is the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. All of the Gospel writers affirm that Jesus is God incarnate. And this is what we celebrate. We celebrate him who is called Emmanuel. God is with us. Because he wanted to reconcile us with the Father. 
And to truly understand this, we have to go all the way back to Genesis. When God created the world, the Bible says he created it good. God wanted to dwell with us. But we decided to reject that gift. We sinned. We were kicked out of the garden. And that's why Jesus came down to earth. To reunite us. To, pro- to claim back what was lost to us at the very beginning. And this is how Jesus decided to save the world. But we also need to see how he saved us individually. How he saved me personally. What is my relationship with that baby born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem? And this is hard to do sometimes. Because at times we feel like we're at war. At times we feel like we're in the trenches. You know, some of us may have lost a friend or a family member this year. Some of us may have lost our jobs, may have lost our businesses. This year maybe didn't work out the way you expected it to. We may be feeling anxious about where our country is heading, right? Where our country is heading, where our society is going. What's going to happen to our kids? You know, as Catholics in today's world, sometimes we find ourselves in the trenches fighting this culture, right? Fighting this culture that is trying to keep Jesus out of Christmas. We should say happy holiday instead of Merry Christmas. We need to be inclusive, my brothers and sisters. We need to take care of everybody else, right? We can't offend anybody. Some are pushing to call it a holiday tree instead of a Christmas tree. What's next? And I know many of us are trying to fight against those. We're trying to fight against this culture that is trying to take away the true meaning of Christ. We do our best. And we shout, we shout with joy to keep Christ in Christmas or that Christ is the reason for the season. Maybe we don't shout. Maybe we just get a bumper sticker instead, right? Or we post something on Instagram or whatever the case may be. But I commend that at least. At least some of us are trying to reclaim what was lost, not only in the garden, but also in the culture that is keeping Christ away from us. A couple of years ago in 2021, there was a battle in California, right? In the city hall, they wanted to put a menorah next to a Christmas tree. A menorah, for those that don't know, it's the thing that you put eight ca- uh, candles in it to celebrate Hanukkah. It's part of the Jewish tradition. So the judge ruled that the menorah cannot be placed outside of a city hall because the menorah was a religious symbol. Here is the kick. The Christmas tree can stay up because the Christmas tree, according to that judge, is no longer a religious symbol It is a cultural symbol. This is the world we live in. There's definitely a a culture war going on. But there is a much bigger battle that we all need to fight. And this one may not be as evident as the other one. This is the battle that's going on in our hearts, my brothers and sisters. We all know how busy the Christmas season can be. You guys all know how busy you've been the last few weeks, right? From shopping for presents to cooking to who we're going to visit, where we're going to go, what mass we're going to attend. Christmas time can be hectic. Probably the most stressful time of the year. And that's the battle we should be fighting. We should be fighting to limit these distractions that keep our minds from realizing why we celebrate this holiday. The reason why this church is so packed today. Why are we here? Who cares about a baby born 2,000 years ago? 
we need to focus what Jesus has done for us, not just as for humanity, but for us individually. We need to focus on welcoming Jesus, not only into the world, but into our hearts. How do we do this, my brothers and sisters? I offer five ways. The first thing we can do is reflect what our heart was during this Advent season. Were we just preparing for Christmas or were we preparing for the Savior of the world to come into our lives, to come into our hearts? Were we prepared to welcome Jesus into our homes? If we did not, my brothers and sisters, we need to focus on how we can do this moving forward. The second thing we can do is to ponder the mystery of the incarnation. God became man. What does that mean? How is that even possible? How can God become man? And it's such a beautiful mystery that I'm not going to do it justice trying to explain it to you guys. So I'm going to use the words of St. Augustine. Here is what St. Augustine wrote. He is the one through whom all things have been made. And on Christmas, who had been made in the mix of all things. He is the revealer of his father and the creator of his mother. The son of God through his father without a mother. And the son of man through his mother without a father. He is the word of God before all time, and the word made flesh in the fullness of time. Maker of sun, he is made under the sun, filling the universe, he lies in a major. Man, St. Augustine had a way with words, right? I especially love this, this last line. Filling the universe, he lies in a major. The world was created through him and for him. Filling the universe, my brothers and sisters. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to be part of your life. He wants to be part of your family. He wants to guide you through everything you're going through. The third thing we can do is thank Him. Thank God for being God. Thank Him for everything that we have. Thank Him for coming down from heaven and revealing the Father to us. Thank him for dying on that cross for us. Thank him for allowing us to come before him and to be able to receive him in the most holy Eucharist. What a gift. What a beautiful gift that Jesus wants to dwell in us to allow us to walk up to his altar and to receive him. What a beautiful gift. And I know a lot of you are probably sick of talking about gifts. Right about now, you're ready to move on. But I say offer one more gift. One more gift, my brothers and sisters. And that's the fourth thing. Offer a gift. Ask God how we can offer something for the kingdom. How we can make a sacrifice suitable and acceptable to God. How we can be sent out like he was. How can we be of service to his people? How can, be, how can we be another Christ in this world? Let this Mass not be the only time you pray during this Christmas season. Let this Mass not be the only time we pray until Easter. He needs to be part of our life, my brothers and sisters. He wants to be a part of our life. Let's offer him just one gift. A lot of you are going to go home today. You're going to run to the tree. You're going to open up your gift. The greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind is right here. I don't know if anybody has told you this. Jesus Christ is the best thing that's ever happened to you. Whether you know it or not. He is the best thing that's ever happened in your life. And I think it's time for us to start acting like it, to start receiving him. 
The greatest gift we have received is Jesus in the Eucharist. And we don't have to wait till Christmas, my brothers and sisters, to get this gift, to receive this gift. This gift is ready and available every Sunday. And that's the fifth thing I want to offer up. And that is to show up. We show up to Mass every single Sunday. Abuna, I don't get anything out of Mass. Who said you're supposed to get something out of Mass? Who said we come to Mass so God can give us something? How about we come to Mass the one hour a week to worship Him? Because He is worthy to be worshipped. It's the one hour a week we come before Him to just say thank you. Thank you for all the blessings that you bestowed upon me, upon my family. The one hour a week we come before him to gain the strength to live our Christian life. It's the one time a week we come to hear the word of God proclaimed. The king of the universe wants to speak into your life. It is in those times, my brothers and sisters, that God wants to speak to you. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to walk with you. Don't miss out on this beautiful gift. The best gift you're going to receive today and every day is Jesus on the altar. It's not the gift that you have under your trees. It's the gift that sits on this altar under this tree, the tree of life. Amen?